Welcome to episode 9 of the Superman Confidential Podcast. I'm Tom, your host, and I'm going to be talking about all things Man of Steel related this week. I'm going to do a bit of a comic book review, look at Superman Shazam First Thunder with the upcoming release of the Shazam movie. I want to look at an adventure of Shazam with Superman, and I will start off with a little bit of news as usual. This first part kind of qualifies as news, so Zack Snyder had his had a, a fan event that he hosted and talked a little bit about Justice League. Snyder, of course, the director of Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, he talked about what his original plans were, were for Justice League before departing the project. And I wanted to look briefly at his Superman-related stuff, just what his story points were, at least that he shared. I'm not going to get into his comments on superheroes in general. I might save some of that for a look at the DCEU Superman in the future, I might save that for something down the line. But story-wise, uh, I watched this video a couple times. It's tough to tell exactly what it is, what his entire plans were, and he doesn't get into everything. But as point out, they didn't shoot everything because, as we know, there was originally two Justice League films planned, the second one coming out summer 2019. It was supposed to uh, before that was scrapped. So some of this, it's tough to tell if he was talking about what the original two-part plans were or what his Justice League film was initially before being reworked and then Joss Whedon coming on, all those things. But the big Superman-related thing is the nightmare sequence that was in Batman v Superman, that paid off in a way that that would chronologically take place in the future, a future where Darkseid killed Lois Lane in the Batcave, boom-tubed in there. And from that, Superman succumbed to the anti-life equation, as Snyder put it. Lois Lane was the key. They talk about this was a scene in the trailer where we see a little bit Batman and Wonder Woman talking. Bruce mentions that Barry Allen appeared in his Batcave, you know, going over that nightmare scene in Batman v Superman. And Wonder Woman basically points out how Lois Lane was the key to Superman's heart because every heart has one, something like that. So that's how it was all going to play out. So Snyder's Justice League plan was for... Superman to see Lois Lane die or know that Lois Lane's die at the hands of Darkseid and then he would succumb to the anti-life equation and then presumably that leads to that nightmare scene that we saw in Batman v Superman where Superman is uh, in charge of things, has the, the Superman soldiers and there's parademons and everything going on there. Looks like a really bit of a horrible world. Uh, in general, this sounds like something similar to Rock of Ages from Grant Morrison's Justice League, the Superman stuff aside but dark side taking over everything so again this is just this could just be a very small plot point or it could be the a huge part obviously it would play a big role but uh, i'm curious what superman fans thoughts are on this i think it's it could be these story points are interesting they could be done well if they're executed well obviously on the surface it doesn't sound like something i would love to see unless there are a lot of missing pieces a lot more to what is going on there if this is just if superman's arc was just origin story death and then he comes back to just succumb to the anti-life equation that would be very disappointing if that was the plan obviously we're never going to see this but uh, it's interesting to think about what it could be i think i would like to see more you know obviously uh superman being superman more time to do that it seems like there would be little time for that in this um See, say hypothetically this all happens in justice league one and justice league two is when they go back in time and then we get to see superman then finally uh doing action and fighting dark side and things like that maybe it could work but that would be a, a pretty rough start and 
I can see why people would be frustrated with that, seeing Origin, he finally gets to be Superman at the end of Man of Steel. Then he's dies and gets reborn to enslave, help enslave the human race. Uh, there's not a lot of time in there for Superman being Superman, is is my point, I guess, I'm getting across there. And so maybe this could work. Maybe if there were another solo Superman movie or two going on while this was all happening, maybe that could work in and seeing it a little bit more. But it sounds like I'm, you know, this doesn't sound like something I'm really feel like we're missing out on that we didn't get to see this from a Superman perspective. So I, I'm curious what people's thoughts are. If you, if you've got any, let me know, but, um, doesn't sound like a great Superman era for, for what was planned in the justice league. And like I said, I might get into Snyder's thoughts on superheroes and some of the other things he said later down the line. When I look back at man of steel, BVS and justice league, maybe in, in Superman from that perspective, some really cool news for from DC Universe, and I f- just feel bad for international listeners that it is still only available in the U.S. They're going to massively expand their comics library. There will soon be more than 20,000 comics on there. They're going to start working on that in April. So it sounds like they're going to put just about everything on there from the that is more than 12 months old that is available digitally. So obviously not everything, you know, action comics 1 through 1,000 are not all available digitally yet. So I hope they go back and continue to make them available digitally. But this is really exciting. Uh, makes it a really good deal. And there's already a lot of good Superman stuff on DC Universe. And that's going to massively expand. Uh, really exciting. Makes it really convenient to read a ton of Superman-related stuff for that relatively low monthly cost. And speaking of DC Universe, Season 1 of Krypton will be available on there starting April 5th. So that is when you can stream it if you didn't buy the Blu-ray or digital or just want to watch it somewhere else. You can do that. And the DC Universe article also mentioned that Season 2 is going to air on Sci-Fi in the summer. I don't know if they were supposed to let that out, but it sounds like that. And Considering we haven't heard anything about a release date for Season 2, summer makes sense since we're getting there quickly. Alright, let's move on and talk Captain Marvel, aka Shazam. There is a Shazam movie coming out April 5th, as you probably know. So I wanted to do a little bit of talk on the history of Superman Shazam. Obviously, everyone knows that Captain Marvel was originally a Fawcett Comics character. And then due to similarities, DC, well, they weren't exactly, but they sued. And eventually it ended up with Captain Marvel becoming a DC Comics character because of the similarities. And yeah, especially for that time, I think there are a lot of similarities. Just in the power set alone, Billy Batson is a radio reporter. Clark Kent is a news reporter, newspaper reporter. Not to mention all their powers and similarities and and visual similarities and things like that. I understand that now when you can make a superhero about just about anything with just the most minor differences, maybe they seem very differently. But they they were pretty similar, especially for the time. Um, But I, I think I've always liked... Captain Marvel's Shazam, and I don't know if that's because I like the character, although the child wish fulfillment is cool and sets him apart from Superman. I think a lot of what I like about him is the things that I like in Superman. They have a lot of similarities in that way. Uh, people who want to do the right thing, uh, very powerful. You can put them in all kinds of different stories and, and things like that. And so I think there are lots of reasons to like Captain Marvel if you are a Superman fan. And I always, I always remember hearing about how Captain Marvel was the most popular hero of the 40s, and I, it's one of those things, I don't know if it's it's actually based in any real fact or source. If anybody knows where that came from, I'd like to know, not as, not as to, to beat up on Captain Marvel 
but uh, just to stand up for Superman. You know, I always hear at one point in the 40s, Captain Marvel was the most popular hero outselling everyone, but I haven't seen a specific source on that. And uh, I was actually reading Shazam, a celebration of 75 years from DC Comics. They put out a celebration and they have these little introductions and all sorts of things there. And they point out how Captain Marvel Adventures was once put on their cover, the largest circulation of any comics magazine. And what you don't hear about that is uh, what DC said in there. It was, quote, after all, what other comic came out bi-weekly, issuing a new edition every other Friday? So Captain Marvel Adventures came out every two weeks back in 1946 for a, for a long stretch there. At this time, Superman was every other month. Action Comics was monthly. So I don't know if they're saying Captain Marvel sold more issues, more individual issues per, or sold more copies per issue, or if just overall because he came out more than twice as month as, as those other Superman comics. That's why his circulation was higher. Uh, again, this isn't to dig at Captain Marvel. I just want to stand up for Superman and I hear Captain Marvel was more popular at one point. I want to know what the source is on that. So if anybody's got any information, let me know. But a, a couple of things. There's lots of different Captain Marvel and Superman stories that I could have gone to. One is Shazam number 15 from 1974, right after DC started publishing Shazam. This doesn't really have Superman in it that much. That's why I didn't get into it. But it's great because it's a short story and Lex Luthor ends up visiting Captain Marvel's world. And this time the Shazam family was on earth S. Lex Luthor is on obviously the main earth one DC universe there. And he has some device. He ends up sending himself to earth S. You know, he was actually looking at a comic. He found a Captain Marvel comic and that's how somehow that mixes with the whatever latest invention that Lex Luthor had. And he gets set there. And it is really funny because Lex just thinks it's all so dumb. He thinks it's all so childish and ridiculous. And, and I just love seeing him be uh, just making fun of it all while there's, you know, Taki Tani walking around this walking tiger, all sorts of weird things going on there. And just seeing Lex Luthor's reaction to it is pretty fun to, to see. There's also some other stuff in the 90s where Jerry Ordway, who has written Superman in the past, did some had some guest appearances for Superman in the Power of Shazam series. Obviously, everyone thinks of Kingdom Come on those two and some some fights and stuff like that. But I don't really think of that because, yeah, it's cool to see them throw down and stuff. But these characters, just knowing what these characters are like, I don't I don't really see them fighting. You'd have to have mind control or something like that to actually see them fighting because I don't know why they would just naturally want to fight each other. Although you can definitely make up stories for that, and I know that's a popular thing to see them battle and everything. Uh, but that's less interesting to me. Let's get into Superman Shazam First Thunder. This is a four-issue miniseries that was dated from November of 2005 to February of 2006. Written by Judd Winnick, pencils and colors by Joshua Middleton, letters by Nick Napolitino, and it was edited by Mark Carlin, Mike Carlin. And this is a retelling of the first meeting of Superman and Captain Marvel. So it goes back to the early days of those characters and shows what they met, their first team up, and what happened. And like I said, what I like about this is it's their first meeting and they don't start punching each other in the face. Again, you can do that and make it work and do good stories. But uh, with these characters especially, it's kind of cool to see them team up because uh, there's not a good reason for them to fight in this story. So with issue one, it is set after Batman and Superman have emerged. It, it points that out, but it's before Wonder Woman, Flash, and Green Lantern have appeared. So it's at the dawn of Captain Marvel's appearance. Uh, Billy Batson has become Captain Marvel, and 
that is when this takes place. So I think that's cool when they take when done right. I think it, I like it when outside of story things get put into stories. So like here, Superman is the first costume hero back in 1938, and I like that that is something when they put that in stories. I like Superman to be the first hero to emerge because I think that's cool story wise. And then they kind of come in order, like says Batman, and then. Uh, so on and so forth. I think it's cool when they do that and make it a story point, something that was a real-life thing. They use Fawcett City. Uh, that is where Billy lives. Billy's kind of living in a subway, abandoned there. He is homeless. He is uh, has no family that we know of. He's got a friend, Scott, that comes and visits him. He Scott does Billy's laundry and things like that, washes his hundred red sweatshirts. Uh, that's all he's got to wear. And that's pretty cool. Uh, Dr. Savannah is introduced as a businessman. So this is a more businessman version, obviously, instead of the straight up mad scientist. And so it's borrowing more from, from Lex Luthor as Lex had been introduced post-crisis as more of a businessman uh, after originally being more of a mad scientist. Savannah follows it there. So you see a lot of similarities between them besides just being bald villains. And Savannah wants to team up with Luthor to take down their flying demons. And it's pretty cool that Savannah calls out Lex that, you know, you've got this flying guy in your city. I'm sure you've tried to kill him. Let's team up and see if maybe we can stop them somehow. Meanwhile, there's these, these magical things going on so that Superman has to fight and that Captain Marvel has to fight. And the issue ends with Superman offering to help Captain Marvel. He needs to track down whatever is going on and, and try to figure it out. So they decide to team up just a, a pretty fun start. And I like that they're dealing with some magic here in general, if you have to generalize things big picture wise, Captain Marvel tends to be more fantasy, magical type stuff where Superman is a little bit harder science fiction things. I realize how ridiculous that sounds sometimes, but it's generally more sci-fi, but they definitely overlap and have some good reasons to cross over. And issue two, we see more of the Savannah and Lex Corp, Lex Luthor like, talking and, and trying to figure out a plan. We see Captain Marvel is very excited to meet Superman. He kind of doesn't believe it at first and it, it's a really fun moment to see Billy so excited there. And they're deciding to team up. It's also neat how Cap doesn't realize how powerful Superman is. And Superman says, I never get winded. They're, they're fighting whatever. Uh, the villains in this are mostly Savannah and Luther, but there's also Lord Sabak and Eclipso. They, they take on more of a role in issue three. But I'm not going to get into this much because I'm really liking the Captain Marvel and Superman team up. But yeah, Cap Captain Marvel just doesn't realize how Superman is. Uh, Marvel thinks he's this all-powerful being. There's nothing like him. And then he realizes, oh, Superman can kind of handle himself too. He doesn't need to uh, worry about him so much. And they have a neat chat with their powers. And there's a cool moment where Superman starts oversharing maybe a little bit more and, and almost revealing his identity. And it's really cool. He has to catch himself. But he's found someone he can relate to and he can share with someone with superpowers like him and it's a really cool moment open up a little bit and find a way to connect and i thought that was a really cool moment issue three is definitely more action heavy we get to see marvel taking on lord sabak superman fighting eclipso lots of lots of action there uh some fun action it ends with superman telling captain marvel you know he's not so sure about the magic but he's glad that someone like him is, is out there guarding the gates of magic to keep people safe and it, it ends with a really dark moment we see Savannah has had people tracking down, figured out Billy is just a kid in Billy's home, which is, again, just a tent in the subway. 
is attacked. On to issue four. So issue three ended with the main battle with Eclipso and Sabak ended, but Savannah's plan comes to pass. And so we get to see the aftermath of that. Fun moment where we see Lois and Clark still have their early days of their relationship. It's at the Daily Planet. And Lois sees that Clark has the story on Captain Marvel and Shazam's team up. And she thinks that Clark bought the story from someone in Fawcett City. She's still not trusting him, but it's pretty cool. Later we see her. It's it's just cool to see their early day relationship where Lois thinks there's something off about this. Clark Kent, she doesn't know what it is, how he gets those stories. She doesn't know what to think of him. She can't read him right away. And I think it's really cool to see those, those days. But that team that, that Savannah sent after Billy runs into Captain Marvel. But unfortunately, Scott has uh, already been shot and... Captain Marvel can't save him. And it is a really touching and heartbreaking moment to see Billy so upset. And he 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 turns pretty dark quick. He interrogates one of their shooters. He goes after Savannah and just is not happy with him. And, you know, you're wondering what he's going to do with him. But eventually he does cool down and uh, realize what's going on and calms himself from hurting Savannah. But, yeah, he's, he's not happy. And he called... Scott is best friend, and, and you really get to see briefly their relationship. So it is heartbreaking to see that happens. And eventually he is willing to share with Superman. Superman found him on Mount Everest back to where they were talking before. And they have a conversation about everything. And this is where they really get to open up. And Cap reveals he is actually a boy named Billy Batson. And Superman gets upset about this. He goes and gives the wizard a lecture on giving a boy superpowers. Superman feels the responsibility of having all these powers. And so for that to be thrusted on a kid, Superman wasn't really happy about because uh, Cap's just out there on his own. And he, he gives the wizard a, a pretty stern lecture, but it calms down because the wizard says Billy is worthy, but he could use guidance. So this leads to a bit of a mentorship type situation. So Superman and Shazam are, Captain Marvel, I should say, are buddies, but Superman mentors him because it is just a young kid. And again, I like when they do that out-of-story reason, if you're going to have these characters that have a lot of similarities, to differentiate them, that's a good way to do that, have Superman be the mentor, and that would be their relationship going forward and, and see the differences between them. And it ends with Clark finding Billy in an abandoned building and revealing his identity as Clark Kent. Another cool moment kind of wraps things up, and yeah, it's this doesn't do anything groundbreaking, but this is just a fun way of looking at the first adventure between these two characters that have so many similarities, but it does a good job of highlighting their differences and what makes each of them unique. So I definitely recommend it. Four issues. It's not a terribly long read, and it is on DC Universe now if you have a subscription to that, so it's worth checking out, I think. Last up is a bit of Twitter feedback from last episode where I talked about Superman on TV. It is from at Behind the Capes on Twitter. And great show. I would take all the things you suggested as far as animation and live action. I do agree that Superman deserves the blockbuster treatment and would be my preference as well. However, our live-action shows would be very similar. I would like something of a blend of Lois and Clark and the family dynamic in the Tomasi Gleason run. I want to see Clark and Lois on the beat and Superman and John intervening when required. You could use lesser-known villains and fill out the world of Metropolis. Uh, Thanks for the feedback. And, yeah, that's pretty cool to think about. Again, yeah, I think Superman should be in in blockbuster movies first. But that would be a cool show to see. See that. Have a mix of Lois and Clark where we see a lot of the Daily Planet and investigating stories, things like that. But you could also have the more sci-fi stuff that you just couldn't have done on TV at that time. I think there's a lot of cool things you could do with that. 
I love the John Boy Super John Kent Superboy. I think he's a great character. I wouldn't want to see him right away. Again, we're I'm just so desperate for main Superman stories, uh, prime Superman stories. I don't not that you can't do that with John, and I think the Rebirth Era shows a great way you can do that. But I want to see some of those. There's so many stories I would want to see with Clark and Lois before they get to that. And so we just haven't seen anything uh, Superman and Lois in the Daily Planet on a regular basis for a long time, really since Lois and Clark. And uh, we've seen brief moments of that in the movies. Smallville obviously got there in a pre-Superman way with the later seasons. But there's a lot of things I want to see. So many villains I want to see Superman fight before we could get to that and then introduce John. Uh, I think that would be a great way. But if you if you wanted to do that, see that Lois, Clark, and John together dynamic, I think a great way to do it would be as a sequel series to Smallville. I, I mean, I think that would... Part of what makes that era so great in the comics is that we have all this history with Lois and Clark already in Superman. Depending on how you look at it, uh, there's roughly 25 years there of comics, even if we'll put continuity headaches aside for a moment, but this is the Superman that died that died at the hands of doomsday when Clark and Lois were engaged and all of those things. We have all of that history with them. And so I think you could do a, a family show with a new Superman with, you know, hypothetically Tyler Hecklin and Bitsy Tolick, something like that. Yeah, you could do it and it could be good. I think it would be cool to see it with Tom Willing and Erica Durant, uh, just because a, we have those, a big history with those characters with their, their versions of those characters and to see them progress, I think that would that would mean more to me than if it were a new couple, personally. Uh, and we could also just have so much of that world already explored, see what that world is like from down the line, 20 years after Superman appears, what is that world like? And Superman emerged in 2011, you could do a show and set it in the future. I think there's a lot of fun stuff you could do with that. And it would also have a lot of similarities to the early Smallville seeing a kid getting his powers, but it would even take it back further because you would have maybe a 10 year old kid, 10 to 12 year old kid, instead of a high school kid that Clark was at the start. And just seeing that family dynamic that I love so much, healthy family dinners, uh, would be so cool. Just hanging out at the farm or whatever, and maybe uncle Perry visits or things like that. And you could have Superboy adventures with a world where Clark and Lois live. And that's something where the, I mean, the pilot practically writes itself. You have, John doesn't know he has powers, but he's suspicious of his parents. They always, some of their excuses maybe don't add up and he's starting to figure out more. Meanwhile, he realizes he has powers. Then maybe Clark has to do something to save them. And we go through and see that he's Superman. Uh, I think that is so much, so much great stuff you could do there that I would like to see. And yeah, that John Kent character, I want to see eventually this kid who has the morals of Clark but the attitude of Lois, where he is inquisitive and curious and all that stuff, I think that would be a great fam- way to see a healthy family dynamic and tell some smaller scale stories about a 10-year-old kid trying to figure out what to do with these powers and all of that. Uh, I think that would be a blast, but I don't know how likely that is. And again, I would like to see traditional, I guess traditional is the best way to say it, traditional Superman stories first, but I am definitely open to something like this as well. All right, that's all I've got today. Next thing I will be talking about, it might not be next episode. I might do something special for that. That doesn't require any homework. But if you want to follow along, my next big topic I have planned is Crisis on Infinite Earths. With the Arrowverse having Crisis this year, I think it would be a good time to reread that for me. 
I'm going to go through and look at everything Superman related, the Superman tie-ins and things like that. Again, those are all on DC Universe now if you have a subscription. So I will look at the Superman's role, in particular the Earth 1, Earth 2 Superman, but also Superman supporting characters, their role in Crisis on Infinite Earths. And then I'll look ahead at the Arrowverse Crisis and see if it's likely that we see any Superman and maybe what I would like to see in an ideal Crisis on Infinite Earths. If, if I had my way of writing a, a TV version of Crisis on Infinite Earths, what it, the things I would like to see, the characters I would like to see back, uh, have some fun look at Superman's history on TV. So thanks for listening, and I'll be back soon.